0: RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Valor
1: Hour, episode number 74. We are on the air. I'm Tim boyer President of Valor Fights. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ed Cap and special guest host tonight, Mark Laws. Ed, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, guys. Awesome to be back. Great. Mark Laws, how's it going, brother?
2: Uh, another great day in the books, man. Excited to be here with you guys.
1: Nice, nice. Well, we are... Uh, In a bit of a downswing here this week, not a whole lot going on here in the area, but we do have some uh, some Valor 52 to talk that's coming up here in just about two weeks. That is going down on the 17th of August. That's Friday, August 17th at the Shed in Maryville, Tennessee. We're going to talk to both halves of our main event tonight. Chad Finnerty and Charles Philpot going for the inaugural Valor Fights Cruiserweight Championship in that main event. We're also going to talk to De- Diego Bautista, who will be fighting for the NFC next weekend uh, in his pro MMA debut. He's a guy that we're familiar with here in uh, Valor Fights as well. And then we'll finish up by talking to uh, the man in charge of Conflict MMA, Andrew Stokes. And we're going to recap uh, his event that he had just this past weekend, uh, a night full of great fights there. But before we get to that, we have our weekly discussion Q and A topics as submitted to our social media avenues by our fans. Ed Cap checks out uh, any requests each week, and then we kind of go through the uh, best two or three that we can find to discuss. So, uh, Ed, what we got?
3: Yeah, this one came in uh, after UFC Calgary, the main event. Uh, simply enough, twelve to six elbows. Tim, do you want them allowed uh, in professional MMA or not?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think it makes a lot more work for guys like Mark, but I don't, I mean, I don't, I guess, honestly, I think if you can get to the position to where you can use them, you may as well, may as well use them. It's kind of nitpicky. I think otherwise, what do you think, Mark?
2: Um, well, I thought the, the call was super nitpicky. I mean, I could understand if that, that strike lands to the, the head or something like that, but I mean, he was employee. I mean, he had mounted player. That's uh, an incredible position to be against makes them stand up, and ultimately it changed the title of the whole fight. So, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the call. I, pull up the six elbows, yes, uh, they should be allowed, but if it just raises to the body or hits on the shoulder, man, you gotta let that shit go. Uh,
3: Mark, does does that make your job easier? Is that a pretty violent move, something that's going to cut people up pretty good? Right.
2: And you throw an elbow from any angle, it can cut you really bad. That's bottom line. And uh, now pull up the six is no stronger than, than three to nine or any other, uh, variable of it.
3: Who do you guys have Saturday night? UFC 226. Uh, first of all, in the co event, TJ Dillashaw in a rematch with Cody Garbrandt for the, uh, bantamweight U- UFC bantamweight championship to Tim. Who do you got there?
1: Oh man, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for that. I am going to go with Cody this time. I think he's, he's fired up and he's, he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Not that he doesn't always have a chip on his shoulder, but I'm going to go with Cody, but I'm certainly without, it certainly wouldn't be without trepidation.
3: Mark, you watching this
2: fight? Oh, for sure. Um, I think TJ's in his head, man. I really do. Uh, they genuinely hate each other, which is never a good thing to bring into a, a fight. And, uh, uh, you know he he's got the the middle edge on him. He slept him last time, so yeah, I'm going with TJ Dillashaw.
3: How about in the main event, Mighty Mouse in the rematch with uh, former Olympic gold medalist Henry Cejudo? Who you got there? Uh,
1: I don't I don't think that I've seen anything from from Cejudo that that shows me he's going to have anything different this time around from Mighty Mouse. So I'll go with Demetrius.
3: March first fight or second fight, same as the first or. How do you see this one going down?
2: I'm just so, I'm almost kind of sick of seeing these 120 ers There's just so, there's so few men that are built to that size that they are having to rerun these guys like Henry Cejudo. There's been a couple of others that uh, Monty Mouse gets it done, though. He's, he's a savage.
3: Here's an interesting question. Tim, what are your thoughts on people with violent crimes in their past fighting as a
1: mixed martial artist? Oh, that is an interesting one, huh? Um, you know, I I think that it's uh, it's a tricky a tricky thing, you know. If it's uh, you know allegations versus convictions and things like that, I mean, if the person's already kind of served their their debt to society, if you will, then we're supposed to give them a, a fair shake. And at the end of the day, this is is this is a controlled environment. Um, so I don't I, I think if someone has, has got uh, you know, issues in the past that, have, that they've already kind of served their penance, uh, penance for, uh, you know, I think we should let them have a shot. Obviously, you're going to be watching the, there's going to have a magnifying glass on them and, and uh, you know, under a lot of scrutiny.
3: Mark, where do you lie on this one?
2: Well, I echo exactly what Tim said. It's uh, it's problematic kind of, but then again, you can't judge people after they've paid their debt to society and, and their penance is done. It's uh, I mean, how long do they have to suffer for a crime that they committed or didn't commit? You know, there's a lot of those guys that are locked up uh, falsely as well. So, uh, you know, let them get in there in a controlled environment, and maybe the only release they they have in a in an environment like
1: that. Guys, that's everything we got for you this week. Okay, that does it for another Q&A segment. Thanks, Ed, and thank you fans for uh, submitting things to our social media for us to discuss. As always, we will pick out a few each week, so keep those uh, topics coming to the Valor Fight social media pages, and Ed will uh, will sort through them and, and pick out what we do each week. Um, Before we get on to our interview segment now, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor National Top Roller, formerly Tennessee Top Roller, now it is National Top Roller. Their next event is going down also next Saturday. It's Saturday, August the 11th and it's going to be in Rossville, Georgia 2478 Happy Valley Road. You're going to see at least 20 uh, grappling matches and combat jiu-jitsu matches for only $20. Our friend Dustin Coppa there does a great job of matching those up and putting on great uh, grappling uh, displays for, for the crowd. So make sure you check them out at uh, National Top Roller next weekend. It is going to be Saturday, August the 11th. We'll talk more about that next week as well as uh, we'll, we'll jump into a, 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 a picks panel next week because we've got uh, the M1 Global Show in Nashville. So we'll, we'll break down that card as well with our picks panel uh, and before we head into Fight Week ourselves for Valor Fights 52. So, without further ado, let's jump into our interviews. On the line, we have Chad Finnerty. He'll be part of the main event coming up here at Valor Fights 52, August 17th, in Maryville, Tennessee at The Shed. He'll be competing for the first ever Valor Fights Cruiserweight Championships he takes on the surging, Charles, Philpott, both these guys coming off of wins. Chad, we appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time tonight. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks, guys. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We appreciate you taking a few minutes out to talk to us. Before we get into the fight you've got coming up here in a couple weeks, let's backtrack a little bit because last time we spoke to you it was before your mma debut which was at the alabama fighting championships in rainsville last month and uh you, you took on a tough guy went went the rounds went all the rounds and uh came out with a decision a unanimous decision showed off some great throws uh before we get into this we'll talk a little bit about that all
0: right yeah i had um i had a young guy in trent anderson um he was kind of a backyard brawler um so we come into the fight and. You know, I could tell pretty quick that maybe the crowd got to him a little bit, um, and so I wanted to I wanted to take it to the ground and get it where I wanted uh, as soon as possible, um, and I and I did. And then uh, Trent Trent's a strong dude, and uh, he just kept working his way up and working his way up. And uh, after the second takedown, we got up against the the cage. He actually crawled up on the cage and he hit me with a pretty big knee to the side. Um, and when he did, it just opened up for the first of either three or four throws that I hit him with, um, which you could tell really took the, the breath and the wind out of him. Um, and it was just kind of easy to control there after that. But um, it was wild, man. It was fun for my first time being in there.
1: So talk a little bit about, you know, you're a decorated wrestler, uh, wrestled in Purdue collegiately. Uh, and, you know, talk a little bit about the What was there any difference in, you know, the adrenaline rush from uh, one to the other?
0: Uh, There there was, um, mostly because I didn't know really what to expect. Um, You know, I wrestled since I could walk. And so um, coming into the cage, that adrenaline rush was a little bit more because, you know, in wrestling, you kind of know exactly what to expect. And with this, I I wasn't sure what we were looking at. I didn't know if he was going to come out guns a-blazing. So the adrenaline was definitely up. Um, I felt the adrenaline dump, if you will, around about, about halfway through the second round was having a hard time catching my breath and it wasn't necessarily that I was out of shape because we trained for it. Um, but you could just definitely tell that the the adrenaline dump was there. Um, but luckily with, with the training, I still had enough to, to finish, but yeah, it was, it was definitely different than collegiate wrestling. I, I'll tell you that.
1: Mark, you were there for that fight, uh, of course, uh, wrapping a lot of hands. So I don't know how much of it you got to see. Uh, you got any any questions here for Chad before he gets ready to uh, take a take a good step up here against uh, a tough Charles Philpot?
2: I'm excited about this fight for sure. And um, I didn't see the first round of uh, Chad's fight, but um, even in the back, you could definitely hear the bodies flying through the air and slamming down the canvas. It was pretty impressive. And when I walked out I knew this guy was getting airborne every time, so. You know Chad's a he's a hell of a competitor. He's strong. He's he's very quick for his size, and he's a handful, man. I think Philpot is um is a little undersized for the cruiserweight division. Uh, he makes up for that in strength and heart. But um, I'm more interested to find out where Chad feels that he's gonna dominate in this fight. Where do
0: you feel like your strengths lie, bud? Well, um, I've watched um every one of Philpot's fights that are on um, on YouTube. Uh, we've studied them. I kind of got a feel for what he's what he's done in the past. Um, and you know, I feel feel fairly confident if we go to the ground. Um, I have a pretty good takedown defense, um, pretty good offense with the wrestling and the throws as well. Um, we brought in a a kickboxing coach for our training camp for this. So we're really preparing for my striking. Um, just in case, you know, wrestler versus wrestler, nobody wants to make the first move and try to go to the ground. Um, you know, I feel pretty confident in my striking coming into this one. Um, you know, if, if, we need to, if we need to go back to our, our basics and our strengths, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm that much more of a wrestler than Phil Pot. I've watched his stuff. He's a very good competitor, like you said. Um, but, you know, as a, as a wrestler, you know, and, and with, my, with my pedigree, if you will, um, I feel very confident whether we're, we're on the ground or we stand up. Preferably, we go to the ground and we go to the ground early because that's both of our wheelhouses. And then it's going to be just whoever's whoever's better. Um, but see, what a lot of people don't understand is, is yes, I have the the decorated wrestling collegiate pedigree. But Philpot has been doing this in the MMA world, so he has the MMA wrestling, which is a little bit different. Uh, the angles are a little bit different. The um, leverage is a little bit different, and I think a lot of people underestimate that. Uh, Philpott's very, very crafty at what he does.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I say it all the time. He's he's a guy that's very easy to overlook because you know he's not a he's not a big tall guy. You know, he's he's shorter and and more uh, you know what's the word you know he's a thick guy, but uh, but he's tough and he's got good wrestling and he's already been in there with some really tough competition. So I think. It really kind of balances out the uh, experience that you've got in uh, the higher level of wrestling with, uh, you know, his experience in MMA. I think it's going to make for a good one. Um, <clears throat> so what, is, what, what can you uh, tell us about your training for this one? Is, have you changed anything up? You brought anybody in? Uh, I know after this last event, you probably had an opportunity to probably make some contacts and, and uh, expand your training, I would guess.
0: Well, obviously, I've got I've got Sam and Trevor every day. And then we brought in Jeff, and I am blanking on his last name right now. Um, it was Trevor's Jeff Powell. That's right. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I just left practice with Jeff just now. Um, so we brought in Jeff, um, and I'll be going with, uh, John Haskew a little bit, uh, leading up to this as well to, um, just case I get taken down and and go to my back. Um, I'll be training with John Haskew and his jujitsu, hopefully in the next few days. Um, and going forward with that, um, But, you know, we're, we're training, we're training for a war. Um, We're not, the idea is not to train for a first round fight. The idea is to train, we're going six, five minute rounds, Um, swapping a new guy fresh in every single time on me. Um, They're giving me about 30 seconds to 45 seconds in between rounds and they're coming in hot and heavy, a new guy every round. Um, And we're, we're ranging from, I've got guys that are 265 pounds to I got guys that are 145 pounds. Um, so we're, we're doing the whole gauntlet of, of big guys, little guys. We're switching them in and out, uh, to give me every single look that we can be, we could be going at with this.
1: Very, very wise indeed. Of course, we know, uh, Charles cha- uh, trains with our current professional heavyweight champ, Chandler Cole. So he's getting good, uh, good training in as well. So I can, uh, assure you, this will be a great fight for the fans and, uh, uh, in our first ever cruiserweight championship. So, uh. I'm going to let you give some love where it's due, some shout-outs. We've got any sponsors, training partners, uh, where we can find you on social media, all that good jazz. I'll let you have it.
0: Yeah, on social media, I'm on Instagram at Chad Finnerty. Uh, Facebook, the same. Um, my sponsors are Black Lion Studios and uh, Lamone's Mexican Restaurant, and then I just picked another one up today in the Willow Tree out of Henniger, Alabama. Um, and then with all my training partners you know we've got Trevor Peak and Sam McAlpin that are both be uh, they're my training partners and both of them are going to be cornering me that night. Uh, Jeff Powell um, got some guys that we bring in: Miles Peak, um, Dustin Davis, um, and Cole Wells, uh, Corey Perigo. I just just want to thank everybody that's been coming out. Um, thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. Um, I'm not one of these guys that takes it lightly. Uh, this is a big deal and and I'm not gonna come in fat and out of shape, you know, and, and half heartedly go at this thing. I'm gonna give it my absolute best. Um I know you guys don't offer title shots just, you know, at a drop of a hat. So you guys obviously saw something. I wanna come in and I wanna give you guys the show and, and end this night on a bang.
1: Once again, this has been one half of the main event for Valor Fights fifty two. They'll be competing for the first ever valor cruiserweight championship against charles Philpot. this has been chad finnerty make sure you check this fight out check him out on social media and follow him see what he's got going on we appreciate the time thanks so much chad thank you guys have a good night up next on the line we have one of the top bantamweight prospects in the southeast as he gets ready to make his professional mixed martial arts debut next week at NFC 110 in Atlanta, Georgia, he'll be taking on Jose Medrano. Please welcome to the show, Diego Bautista. Diego, how's it going, man?
4: So far so good. Everything's going well. Train's going well. Life is going
1: well for me. That's great to hear, man. We, we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your evening to talk with us. I know that you are in uh, probably last-minute preparations with your training camp for uh, your big pro debut next week. Uh, you're a guy that we are uh, familiar with here in the, here in the Valor uh, scene as well. The last time we saw you, you came up with a big win over Hunter Thomas and then another good win over Jacob Sandlin, another guy that we're familiar with here in Valor Fights. That's a good win. Uh, you fought as high as 145, as low as 125. You fought kind of a who's who around the southeast, Took took on the very – Best that you could find to get ready for your pro debut. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we can expect. You know, you've got a, a tough one. Uh, Jose Madrano is a guy that uh, he's already got four uh, pro fights. He's two and two with two fights in a win. He's won two fights in a row. Um, he started zero and two, but now he's won his last two and he's fought really tough guys. Talk a little bit about this matchup. I know there's been a little bit of uh, shit talk back and forth with you guys.
0: Oh yeah.
4: Uh, actually, first of all, Sam, I just want to apologize to you. I remember I hit you up. Before the Madrona fight officially happened, or before it was officially announced, asking for me if I could fight for you guys. Then a couple of days later, I ended up getting the fight for the NFC. So, I uh, don't, want, don't want you to think that I was like, uh, try to get a fight from you guys. And then, oh, I got a, uh, another fight. I'm like, Nora Dollar. It's just uh, how things worked out. So, I should have told you too right away. Oh, so uh, no worries, that. man. If that's, the,
1: if that's the worst you ever cross me, we'll be fine. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right good to go then um yeah um i actually specifically wanted jose medrano because he's had four pro fights already but he's a 50 50 professional uh record two wins, two losses and he actually fought one of my teammates on um, two and where my teammate um demolished him in the first round with a choke so it just i felt like i wanted a, for my first pro fight since i've had so many amateur fights like you were saying and i fought top amateur prospects, or at least I tried to. As that was my goal. I, I felt like I just can't be like these other guys and fight scrubs. You know, I had to fight someone who was somewhat decent, and I felt like Jose and fit that perfectly. But um, he looked like he I, – like I said, he looks good on paper, but in when I just look at his pure skills, I feel like I'm w- just way above him. I just feel like um, I'm going to finish him within two rounds.
1: I think he's got, you know, obviously he's got pretty good wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a, you know, just kind of watch, imagining how the fight plays out in my head. I, I don't see him, I have a hard time seeing him being able to finish you, but potentially being able to work his wrestling and talk control and grind a decision. So I think it is a good fight. I think you've got more avenues for the finish, uh, like you said. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that fight. It's a good matchup. Uh, you know, what uh, have you changed anything up since, uh, you know, making your uh, lead to pro, or have you pretty much stayed the same? I know you're a guy that takes things seriously. You took your amateur career seriously. So, uh, you know, it may not have been a situation where you needed to change much up. You said, "What did, did I do something specifically? I was saying, yeah, since you made your, your leap to professional to the professional ranks, have you changed up anything in your preparation at all, any different training partners, any different uh, approach, or has it just been kind of the same?
4: To be honest, I felt like I've been training at a pro professional level for quite some time, like the last couple of months. Um, but over the course of my amateur career, I learned things uh, for each fight camp. I'm like, all right, well, I look back after, after I have to fight, I look back on my training, I said, what? Did I like what I didn't like? What can improve? What do I need to take out? What do I need to add? And uh, so eventually, after all those, like I've had 12 amateur fights, after all those training camps, I've been uh, polishing up my training. So everything has pretty much stayed the same with a little bit tweaks here and there. Something that I really like that I did uh, for this training camp is I used a real uh, cage um, for sparring. Sometimes we just use just the cage wall and not the actual like MMA ring. Um, I'm really grateful for one of uh, my one of the my team locations. Uh, they have a cage. So me and my teammates we, we drove over there, it's not the one we, it's not the location that we usually train at, which is uh we're a team octopus. Um, but it was a different location, different team octopus and we drove to that one to use the cage and we would spar and we would do wall work and it would give you that such a realistic feel. Even when I saw the cage, the emotions of just fighting in the cage were brought back to me. So now I actually feel like once they uh, come fight, Dave, it's going to be like another day in the office.
1: Spoken like a true professional. Of course, we've got Ed Cap, our uh, social media head here. Ed, what you got for Diego?
3: Diego, thanks for joining us. I just have one question. If your opponent is listening, what do you have to say to him?
4: Jose Medrano, I'm going to finish you within two rounds. Is my dream versus your dreams? At the end of the day, I have too many goals and too aspir and too many aspirations for you to take any of that any of that away. That's also why I've been saying a lot of things that I've been saying that uh, you guys say shit talking, but I call it mental warfare. When someone is trying to take my dream away, I don't take that lightly. Uh, I've I've dropped out of college for this. I've quit jobs for this. I've gotten fired from a job for this. And um, this is my whole life, so I'm coming to take out Jose within two rounds, not just. Not to just take them out, but to make it look easy. Because nowadays, it's not just how you win. It's not. It's not just if you win. It's how you win. I tell you what, man.
1: That is. Uh, that is. A, that is. A, a fight that I'm going to make sure that I that I catch. And I tell you what, uh, that is a, a tough one. It's a tough, a tough pro debut. I give you props to not jump it in there uh, with a with a can for your for your professional debut. You you, you prepared like you said as a professional uh, through. Uh, you know, the last year or so of your amateur career. So really excited to see it. I'm going to let you have the floor to give some shout outs to your sponsors, teammates, training partners, whoever else deserves some love.
4: Definitely my teammates, but I call them my like familia. There's, that includes like Jamar Whitehead and Devontae Sewell and Cam Wallace, Austin Childers. Uh Those guys, that's, that's uh, and also my Jiu-Jitsu coach, gee Curry. Those are my, my tight-knit group. We We might not all train together every day, because um, they they're in different gyms, but we are extremely close together, and it's like a family. Uh, I, a big reason for my success because of them, especially with Jamal and Cam. I train with those guys. I train with every day, um, and we held held uh, each other accountable for everything we. Um, for like it's my fight camp. They, I honestly felt like it's my fight camp. They've done whatever I asked them to do. They've done for me. So a big part of my success will be because of them. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to actually to my mother. She works two jobs. She gets up before I do, and she comes home uh, after me. So I, I want her to know that she um, that uh, I see her hard work. That's not going unnoticed, and that's actually a big, big reason. That's a big aspiration for me. Uh, hopefully, one day I'll be able to tell her that you won't have to work anymore. You can retire. Uh, also, the team Octopus. Uh, all the locations we got: Sandy Springs, the one I train at; Shambly. Um, Midtown, Georgia, and then there's gonna be a new one, um, in uh, Smyrna, Georgia. Uh, I'm glad the uh, I'm thankful for Team Octopus. That's where I train at. And lastly, uh, it's gonna be Just Hard Peril, Andrew Sams, and Quintel, uh I think his last name is Langford. Yep. Um, they 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 make shirts for a lot of the fighters, and they've made a shirt for me, and they helped me out. And they're gonna get more. They're gonna sponsor me even more with uh, me being professional
1: now. You heard it here. This has been Diego Bautista. He gets ready to make his professional MMA debut next weekend. It's going down on the 11th of August at NFC 110 in Atlanta. Make sure you check that out. And you check Diego out as well, one of our favorite prospects. Love having him on the Valor Hour. And he has guaranteed a, a finish against Jose Madrano. So good luck to you, Diego. We appreciate your time. Best of luck in the fight. And uh, thanks again for taking uh, some time out to talk to us.
4: Within two rounds, i finish Jose Madrano. And that's going to be a message to the entire band on weight. And, wait, and the, not just Georgia, not just the Southeast, but in the world. I'm going, going straight to the top. I'm going for every guy. I don't, I don't want any scrubs. If, you, if they suck, they're, they're lucky they get a pass. I'm go going for the top.
1: Up next on the line, we have one half of the main event for Balor Fights 52 coming up on August 17th in Maryville, Tennessee. It is Charles Philpott. He'll be taking on Chad Finnerty for the first ever Balor Fights Cruiserweight Championship, 225 pounds. Thanks for joining us tonight, Charles. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. Y'all doing all right? Doing great, man. We appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your evening to chat with us. Uh, you're coming off a big win, actually, a first round uh, uh, submission stoppage over a tough Cal gill out of KMAA. Before we get on to this uh, big main event title fight you got coming up, uh, talk a little bit about that one.
5: That was a, a good fight. I was really happy with my performance. I couldn't, uh, I guess I couldn't have diagrammed it any better. I didn't take any damage or anything. Um, after the fight, Cal and I talked. We had talked a little bit before. It made it difficult because he really might be one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. But, uh, <laughs> it was a, i mean man it was just a good fight i'll be honest with you i've never competed that heavy and i could definitely feel it after the fight I, uh my cardio fell off so I'm, i won't lie about that i could feel the extra weight i've been carrying around for sure
1: so now you're fighting at 225 pounds do you feel like that's a nice middle ground for you or do you do you, do you see 205 still being more ideal or is 225 kind of kind of perfect for you
5: uh, i definitely want to get to a lower weight class even lower than 205 but i'm just taking it one fight at a time because if you try to try to just come up one day and say you want to drop you know 80 90 pounds it seems like an unrealistic goal unattainable so i just want to take it one fight at a time and just keep dropping weight classes i mean i'll probably never have a reach advantage but you know i want to fight every fight won't be a tank or a giant human being at least
1: you know so that's the game plan anyways from there
5: so you've got another
1: one coming up a quick turnaround you didn't take any damage in that fight and uh, you're you're turning around quickly to fight another wrestler. And Chad this is the guy that has has wanted to fight you. You know, he's he's he specifically said he wants to fight you. And uh, you know, he's coming off his debut uh, win as well at uh, Alabama Fighting Championships. Been uh, yeah, it hasn't been too long. It's just been maybe how long, Mark? Three weeks ago, give or take. Uh, so yeah, hasn't, he hasn't had a whole lot more rest than you. But he did have he did have more work than you if you will he went all the rounds uh I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, see any video but he's a decorated wrestler wrestled at the University of Purdue what are your thoughts on Chad Finnerty and uh, what does he bring to the table and what is uh, where do you feel like you've got the advantage
5: um I have I was able to watch Chad's fight. he actually sent it to me him and I have talked quite a bit he's he's a really nice guy too it kind of makes it a little more difficult in the sport when people are real nice but I'm able to just to separate that you know when it's competition time it's time to go there's no hard feelings uh He's a great wrestler. I mean, he's highly decorated. He was John Fitz's training partner back in the day, made world teams, all that kind of thing. So, obviously, I was, I mean, I'm going to say he's probably the better wrestler. And uh, I, I think that he really, you know, this thought I really have a serious chance of being put on my back. Um, probably thrown, if anything, I would guess, from a quick position, just because uh, to, to get to shoot on me, you have to get so low, and it's just a lot lower than what most people are used to. I mean, he may be able to do it. As far as better, I think I mean I have the cage experience. I've been in there more, I've competed more. So that I think that's a nod in my favor. Um, I think just, just been doing it longer, I've got better hands than he does, even though no one's ever seen him. But I think there I'm better and I'd say off my back I'd be better too, just just again on experience and more time doing it, more time training and stuff like that. But it's gonna be a good spot. I mean I don't I don't look for any either 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 one of us to run roughshod or the other. I think it's gonna be a battle for sure.
1: Ed, you have uh you know, you've uh, been with us and been through uh several Phil Pop fights. What you got?
5: How does
3: it feel to be stepping into the main event so early in your career?
5: Uh man, it's awesome, really. It's it's uh it's a great feeling. Uh you know, I grew up not grew up I grew up so to speak, I guess in the sport, uh, for lack of a better term, training with Chandler and he's been main event after main event after main event. So it's kinda like chasing your best buddy, you know, trying to trying to hit those high notes you see someone has such great success and you want to have those things so it feels good to finally be able to attain those kind of things and getting that and getting that recognition and doing these things under my own merit
1: that's definitely good to hear man so your buddy uh and ours channel cole comes off a big win also in that same card uh, gets the valor fights professional heavyweight championship has he been helping you get ready for this one
5: uh i haven't been over there yet i just i've got a really hectic full schedule uh Plus, you know, trying to train at the gym over here with the Beverly Brothers just because it's on my way to school. Um, we, we try to get together as much as we can. I definitely am going to have to get with him before he leaves for California because he's going to go out there until, like, Labor Day. So uh, him and I were joking earlier. He said he just cornered me to be a FaceTime in the next spot. So I guess, you know, we, we'll handle it. We'll get
1: some work in before he leaves. So what what would you say? Uh, what would what would you what is your prediction for this fight? Would you would obviously you feel confident you're going to win? You think you get a stoppage? You think we go all the rounds? What's what's your prediction?
5: Uh, I definitely think I'm going to win. Um, I think it's going to be a war, and I think it's. Uh, I'd like to get a stoppage, really, just to make a statement. You know, over uh, just a highly decorated guy. You know, get a stoppage win, and just make a big statement to everybody. Let everybody know that yeah, I am you know a lot smaller than most of these guys everybody competes with but i'm here and i'm dangerous and people just need to realize that uh i can't say i can accurately predict anything but i know i'm going to be looking for a stoppage every chance i get any mistake you know i'm i'm willing to try try to grab a limb and bring it home or something
1: i'm going to give you a chance to give some shout outs where they are due uh any sponsors training partners family whoever you want to give some love to and also let our listeners know where they can find you on social media I just want to give
5: a big shout-out to all my coaches uh, that's, that have helped me throughout the years, Nick Jackson, that amaze, Josh Steele, all the uh, – Chandler Cole really been a coach and a mentor, the Beverly Brothers down in Hazard helping me out, everything like that. Um, all the training partners I've had over the years just helped me out. I want to thank you all for having me you know, on and letting me fight for you all, stuff like that. And uh, if anybody wants to follow me on social media, my Instagram is philpot220, and so is my Twitter handle, I think. And I'm just on Facebook as Charles Philpot.
1: Once again, this has been the other half of your Valor Fights 52 main event. It's coming up August the 17th in Maryville. He'll be challenging Chad Finnerty for the first ever Valor Fights Cruiserweight Championship. This has been Charles Philpott. Charles, we appreciate the time. Thanks a bunch. We'll see you now here in a couple weeks. All right. Thank you guys for having me. I'll be safe. That does it for episode number 74 of the Valor Hour. We appreciate all of our guests taking the time to uh, do some quick interviews with us tonight as we talk about their upcoming events and their past events. And uh, we also appreciate Mark Laws for joining us. Uh, as always, next week we have another picks panel. We'll be uh, previewing the M1 Global USA car that's going down in Nashville on the 11th. And uh, so we'll be doing some picks for that. Uh, probably talk to some of those guys and more guys from valor 52 as well and uh just kind of recap everything that was so uh we appreciate everyone for tuning in make sure you subscribe on stitcher and itunes share the podcast so we can get more and more people involved and uh it was keep growing this thing for my co-host ed cap this has been tim lloyd president of valor fights episode 74 of the valor hour signing out
0: For more information on upcoming events, visit ValorFights.com or find them at Valor Fights on both Facebook and Twitter. This has been the Valor Hour, powered by the law offices of Ogle, Elrod, and Beryl on Radio Influence. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick fix on Radio Influence. And and I give you guys a lot of credit for what you did, you know, a couple years ago in uh, I call it evolving the game and coming from a, a, a football world. Every year, the NFL is. How how do we evolve the game? Just came out with
6: their fifty different right. Just recently, yeah, the, the yeah. new rules. The rules just came it, out. NFL.
0: Yeah, every every owners meeting, they're they're voting on on rule changes and as you you know, what, it's been now what,
6: two years. Uh, yeah, it's no longer new rules. It's the rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we still call it the new unified yeah, rules It's the rules. Um, John spoke about that
0: today. Where, where do we kind of stand on that? I mean, obviously, it's a state-by-state state thing, but I have to imagine for both of you, it's kind of a little frustrating. And, I, and I've i said this, the people that are hurt by this are the fighters because you're going from one state where it's the new rules and then um, you go to another state where, where it's not. And then I also have to imagine that makes it difficult on the officials, especially the referees.
6: You know what amazes me is you have these rules that have been around for two years, okay? We had John speak because John, at the end of the day, sits on the rules committee with Sean Wheelock. Today they spoke to see if there was anything that was any, any and was anybody injured? Was there anything that was a problem with the new rules? There was nothing. They, they, and actually, they said it's just safer. People, the fighters want this. Now, I'm not, you know, at the end of the day, the reason why some of them have not adopted these rules, it's because it's the guy who's talking right now. It's because I won the election. I'm sorry. The truth's the truth, and Annie can concur with me. Listen, it's safer. These guys want these rule changes. If we want to be respected like the National Football League, we got to do this every year. I mean, we understand that it's going to take a while. All they have to do is go to the legislature and say the any time the ABC changes, we're going to accept the unified rules of the ABC. So, at Mohegan. We accept the unified rules of the ABC. The ABC changes something, it's adopted immediately. Brian Dunn for Nebraska has that, I know for a fact, that any time the rules are, rule sets are changed, because in the law it states unified rules of the ABC, he doesn't even have to worry about it, doesn't have to go back to the legislature. So everyone blames the legislature. They blame this, they blame that. Well, I think it's because they don't want to deal with Mike Mizzouli. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be
0: found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.